0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Love Doctor podcast, research-informed advice that can lubricate any conversation about sex. My name is Dr. Leah Tidy, and I'm so glad to have you here. Today on the show, I'm answering your questions that I received on Instagram about why I got my IED taken out, what it's like having a period again after 11 years, and how my body is adjusting to no longer being on birth control. It has been quite a ride. This is also the last episode of season two. As we take a bit of a break and prepare for season three, you know, what topics do you want me to cover? Are there amazing guests that I need to have on? Please let me know, because I would love to feature them on this show. But first, let's do a little story time. So i've had a lot of people ask me why i got my iud taken out again for those who are listening who don't know what an iud is uh, iud stands for an intrauterine device meaning it's a little like t-shaped uh, device that is inserted into the cervix as a form of long-acting reversible contraception or LARC for short so i got my first iud when i was 19 There was a bit of discussion with my doctor because at that time, uh, 11 years ago, they were typically recommending IUDs to people who had not had children yet, but my doctor was quite progressive and knew that that would be a good option for me after I had tried multiple different options, including the birth control pill, the Depo-Provera shot, and none of them really worked for me. So I got a second IUD when I turned 24, and I will say that was not a great day uh, because they took one IUD out and put the other one in all in the matter of five minutes. Um, Anyone who has had an IUD put in or taken out, uh, you know that it's not the most pleasant experience in your life. However, as a birth control option, it really was amazing for me. I didn't have to remember to take a pill every day. Uh, the hormones were localized to my uterus and I didn't feel like they were like moving throughout my body. Um, and for me, that worked really well. I had a few issues uh, with uh, acne showing up on my chin, so I have been on a prescription face cream for the last four years, I believe. So most of the lifespan of this last IUD. Uh, that's not why I got it taken out though. However, I mean, it's a little bit of a contributing factor. Literally putting this type of hydrogen peroxide on my skin every day for multiple years, it is starting to stain my sheets and my pillowcases, and I'm, I'm ready to not have that be the case. But why I got this IUD taken out. So about two months ago, um, I started experiencing some pain with the IUD. This is not typical. Once it has been inserted, uh, you'll experience some discomfort and some cramping. Uh, But again, I had had it in for almost six years and it had just suddenly felt like there was something wrong. So me not being a medical professional, not being a medical doctor, as we know, I have a PhD in philosophy in Sexual health and theater, uh, I decided to go to the On Sexual Health Clinic uh, here in Victoria, which is a great gender inclusive, uh, amazing sexual health clinic. I was able to get in and see one of their doctors, um, and as I was explaining to him, it just felt like my cervix was like gripping the IUD. Like I literally have my hand in a fist right now because. That's what it kind of felt like. And it just felt very uncomfortable. Uh, And while having uh, types of penetrative sex, I could just feel that something was wrong. The other thing with the IUD is that there are strings attached to the bottom of it. And when it's inserted, uh, typically whoever inserts it, they cut the string so it's quite short and it just tucks up inside the vagina. Most of the time, if you're having any sort of penetrative sex, uh, you won't be able to feel them. Every now and then, maybe you'll feel a little poke and then you just move them to the side. That's always been the case uh, with my IUD, but when it had shifted, I could feel that the strings of the IUD, they felt like twice as long as what they had been previously. So me being me, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel quite right. And I don't know what it is, but I know there's something going on. So I tell this to the doctor at Allen Sexual Health, and he asked me if I would like him to just check or would I like him to remove the IUD. Levi and I had done a lot of talking about, you know, it was coming up to almost six years on this IUD, um, and I think I was ready for my body to have a break and to get back into uh, a rhythm before we start trying to have kids. So I asked him to remove the IUD, and yeah, it was not a great process. Uh, he was very knowledgeable. He was excellent. They uh, they grab onto it. You take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, he removed it. Uh, but it was definitely more uncomfortable than the first time I had an IUD removed. I also felt very validated because the doctor said, yeah, I I think you're right. Uh, I think it has moved. Typically the arms of the IUD, again, like a little T-shape, they're touching the walls of the uterus when they're fully engaged. But it felt like the arms were kind of half up. So as he removed it, he was like, oh yeah, something was wasn't quite right in the way that it had been engaged. So I felt validated. I knew there was something going on in my body. And this is just to say that if you feel like something is going on, you don't necessarily have an explanation for it, go and talk to a healthcare provider about it. You know, do a bit of, of research, um, get them to do any tests if you can, uh, just because you know your body, you know what's going on with it. So even though I am a sexual health educator, I know lots about IUDs, I don't know what it looks like inside my body. And I just knew that something wasn't quite right. So, I have the IUD removed and me being me, I kept it because I mean, amazing. Why not this thing that's been inside my body for six years. Uh, and I basically spent the rest of that day sitting on the couch with a hot water bottle on my abdomen, just cause I was having some cramping and wasn't feeling super great. By the next day I was feeling super normal and it was just interesting to think about, you know, what was this journey going to look like? You know, for some people, when they remove an IUD or another form of LARC, uh, sometimes it can take a couple months or up to a year for your body to get back into a rhythm of having your regular menstrual cycle. So I wondered, I was like, what what is that going to look like? So within that first week of having it removed, I felt great. But Levi and I had a little bit of a whoopsie. By whoopsie, I mean we have been having... Um, sex with each other for quite a few years and using condoms has not really been a part of that once both of us got tested for STIs when we first started dating uh, we decided that we weren't going to use condoms anymore because I had an IUD again lots of people I would highly recommend using a condom or other form of barrier method as well as an IUD but that wasn't the case for us we decided we would just would just rely on the IUD so, after many years of not using condoms, we were having sex, um, and forgot that uh, I was no longer on the IUD. Being, um, being overly cautious and not wanting to get pregnant immediately, uh, what we decided to do was for me to take an ovulation test. Now, these are tests that were sent to me by the body agency, um, and they seem fairly reliable, but of course there's no way to really know if you're ovulating or if you're pregnant until you actually go and do like a urine test or a blood test and actually go to a clinic. But we thought, let's take them. I have the ovulation test and then let's see. The ovulation tests, uh, they it's very similar to a pregnancy test. They also look scarily like a pregnancy test where you either have to pee in a cup or the first few streams of pee, hold it in there and then let it, um, let it sit there with the lid on for about 10 to 20 minutes. And if two lines show up, it shows that you are either ovulating or are about to ovulate. So we see that I am either ovulating or about to ovulate. And so what we decided to do was to get plan B. Plan B, or it's sometimes called the emergency contraception pill, the morning after pill, uh, is a form of emergency contraception that folks can use, uh, depending on where you live, but here in Canada and many places around the world, it should be available at your local pharmacy um, and shouldn't be that expensive. The one that we got is like the more generic brand. It was about 13 Canadian dollars and you do not need a prescription to get it. You can literally walk into the pharmacy, ask for it. It's above the counter medication and it is as safe as taking a Tylenol. I think that's something really important for people to to know and something that I wanted to have that firsthand experience of using Plan B so that I could help demystify this as an option available to people. So how plan B typically works is that you have to take it. It's best taken within 24 hours after having unprotected sex. That could result in some sort of pregnancy. There are other types that you can take up to five days afterwards, but in order for it to be the most effective, they say as close as possible to after having the unprotected sex. So within 24 hours, I took the plan B. And a really important thing to know here is that the plan B, it doesn't, uh, it's not designed to induce, uh, like cramps or anything like that. What's happening with the plan B with the hormones that are in it is that it tries to prevent ovulation, right? So trying to prevent the egg being released from the ovary and traveling down the fallopian tube and into the uterus. Now there are some that actually stop the egg from being released from the ovary and there are some that stop the egg from implanting on the uterine wall. What's important to know about this is that if you have already ovulated, then you know the, the chances of it working aren't that great. There's usually about a sixty percent chance that it will work. We decided to give it a try, um, and actually, I felt quite fine. There's some people who experience nausea, or if they are feeling um, like really nauseous, they could they could puke it up. Um, I was really fortunate that we you know went for a walk, and I and I felt pretty good. And then after taking the Plan B, all we could really do was sit and wait. Uh, Of course, there are some options available if you want to get an early pregnancy test. Uh, We decided we would wait uh, two or three weeks to see if I got my period and then we would go from there. So the two weeks between taking Plan B uh, and getting my period were quite a time where, you know, a lot of mixed emotions for me. I think I was really excited by the idea about being pregnant. You know, it's something that Levi and I have talked about for a long time it's something that both of us want uh and in our families we have three nephews and we have a niece so we spend a lot of time with kids we, we love kids and we, we do want to have them the timing wouldn't have been excellent uh we want to wait a year or two from now before we uh before we get pregnant but yeah there was a part of me that you know is really ready is ready for that next step and it was scary to think about me being ready, and knowing that Levi's not quite there yet, which is totally understandable. We have lots of things that we want to do before we get pregnant, but the reality is there's always going to be things that we're going to want to do before we have a family. So we'll, we'll see how how that goes. So anyway, we're having these mixed feelings. We're just trying to live our lives very, very busy, you know, leading up to the holidays, trying to get a whole bunch of our work done so we can take a, take a break, and then... On a Tuesday morning, I woke up, and I was fairly certain, because the day before, I was having some cramps. I was feeling bloated. I was feeling tired. My lower back was aching. I was like, oh yeah, it may have been 11 years since I've had a period, but I know what it feels like. I remember. So the next morning, went to the bathroom, and sure enough, I'd had my period. Uh, I told Levi, and of course we have an entire video on the YouTube channel of us talking about that, and you can... see but also hear like the relief that he has in that moment it's just like in his body you can see that he was holding this tension and then was just like oh my god like thank goodness that that's not the case so began my fun adventure of trying out a menstrual cup for the first time Uh, This was another product that was sent to me by the body agency and they sent me two different sizes. Um, I decided to try the slightly larger one because it was the first day of my cycle and typically, again, typically I was 19 last time I had a period like this. Uh, I have a heavier flow on the first day or two and then I go into like spotting and and the kind of lighter bleeding. So I tried it. Um, I really enjoyed it but it was a good like 10 to 15 minutes of me sitting in the bathroom, trying to figure out how to put it in. And it's funny cause I literally do demonstrations at schools all the time about menstrual cups. You know, I talk about folding them in half, folding them in half again to make the little U shape uh, thing. Sometimes that's a way that people use it to insert it. And I found the insertion wasn't bad, but making sure that it had opened up and that the suction was actually around the cervix. That was quite interesting. Literally the first time I went in there, I kind of moved it and then I heard it go like, and it just, (laughs) I I felt it open up inside me. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. It was very strange to have something open up inside your vagina, it was very odd. Anyway, um, that seemed great, Uh, it seemed comfortable. I had it in for most of the day, had to, uh, I had to empty it and clean it once and then put it back in. And it was actually really wonderful. I paired that with some period underwear and for the next two days, that was kind of my process. I needed a bit of time getting it in there and I tried different techniques, like you put it halfway in, then you rotate it to open it up. But I will say the most important thing that that I have told many people to do, especially people who do have IUDs in, especially if you have a copper IUD and you do still uh, get a regular period, that when you take out the menstrual cup, you need to break the seal. I've been telling people this for so long, because if you don't break the seal, it could move the IUD itself. It's not very likely, but it could. And for people who have already, and for people who have had kids, um, it could actually, it could actually lead to like a prolapse, like of the the uterus itself uh, that has happened to people that I know. So again, if you're using a menstrual cup, break the seal. It is easier said than done because literally getting your finger up inside you to then break the seal and then you're like okay great I've done it and then you move your finger and then it seals again and so I think that was probably the hardest part not so much putting it in but trying to like break the seal and remove it and not you know get a mess absolutely everywhere so long and short of it really enjoyed the menstrual cup Uh, and hopefully next month it will be even easier to do now that i've had some practice and maybe i'll try the slightly smaller one uh, because i don't think i needed that the larger one at least for this this first uh, period that i've had i also just started using the read your body app to track my cycle um, and to start thinking about fertility awareness I'm gonna be fully transparent. I do not know enough about fertility awareness. Um, I don't know enough about my own cycle and my own processes to be able to fully invest myself in it, but I'm on a learning journey and I really wanna share that with each of you. Cause I, I know it's a method that a lot of people have talked about and want to use. Again, this is where if you know of someone who is like a fertility awareness goddess or, you know, is absolutely the expert in that topic, send me an email, send me a message on Instagram, let me know uh, so I can have them on this show. We'll say I have really enjoyed uh, using the app. It's also been great to think about my energy levels each day, you know, thinking about my vaginal discharge, what is that looking like, uh, and just generally being more in tune with my body each day. I think a lot of us set up expectations that we should be able to do the same thing each day or be as productive, have as much energy, be as enthusiastic or creative each day. But of course, we're in a flux, right? Our our hormones are changing. The context is changing. What we ate that day. How well did we sleep? All of these things impact our day-to-day reactions and what we like to do. So I've been learning a lot about reflecting on what that process has been like and it's been a really lovely kind of journaling just like a few words a sentence or two about how I'm doing each day and I'm really looking forward to looking at that cycle over the next few months and seeing if there's some patterns that I can pick out that is the story time for where we are at so far. I don't know when I'm going to be ovulating next, so hopefully we're not going to have another whoopsie, and we are very dedicated to using condoms. Um, So hopefully you won't see another video on the YouTube channel where it's actually an announcement video that we are pregnant. Not for a while yet, folks. Uh, Join me on the journey around fertility awareness and cycle awareness. We'll, We'll go down that line first before we get into pregnancy and all of that. So now I want to answer some of the questions that a lot of you sent in on my Instagram post from a few weeks ago. Um, I'm not going to be able to get to all of them today, but I am so excited in season three to be bringing back Dallas Barnes. Uh, she is the CEO and founder of Rhea Health, and her and I are going to do an entire episode talking specifically about contraception, IUDs in particular, and really answering those other questions that I don't get a chance to get into today. So, be aware for that. That's going to be coming out season three. I'm happening in the new year, I'm hoping near the end of January. So, the first question that I got was why did you get the Marina versus the Copper IUD? What was your experience and what were the pros and cons? So, I got the Marina, which is a hormonal type of IUD. And that was really a choice that uh, when i was talking to my doctor many many years ago she recommended it as something that would help in terms of managing my period so when i was younger i had really low um, iron levels as well as low blood pressure um, and i would faint Uh, not not a lot but you know every now and then i would faint if i got overheated if i stood up too fast and contributing to some of that was having a regular period and the blood loss that i was experiencing So the Marina IUD felt like a great way to not only get a contraception method that is like insanely effective, but would also stop me from having a regular period. I would still be ovulating, but I wouldn't be having a regular period throughout. Now the copper IUD is another great option. Um, It's a non-hormonal option, which a lot of people like if they decide that they don't want to have hormones. Uh, But if you do experience a heavy period, sometimes a copper IUD can result in heavier periods other thing I want to quickly say about the copper IUD um, is that it is typically more affordable than the Marina or the Kyleena or other types of hormonal IUDs. It can also be used as a form of emergency contraception. If it's put in, I believe, up to a week after having unprotected sex, um, it is 99.9% effective at stopping that pregnancy from occurring. Uh, and it's a really amazing option that you can have in there for up to five years. Uh, I will say again what's really great about the marina and why I chose it was that it was long-lasting. I had my first one in for five years and I had my second one in for six. So on the label in terms of marina and hormonal IUDs, they'll say that they have a like a typical time of use, the recommended, which is about five years. There are some that you can get for longer, but the marina that I got was good for five years. However, many of these forms of IUDs you can use for up to seven years, and they will be almost as effective as within those five years. There's a great article that Dr. Jen Gunter is cited in talking about how they can be used, so I'll make sure that that is linked in the episode description. The other question that I got is, you know, will my cycle be consistent now after having the IUD removed? Um, I really don't know. I've heard a bit of mixed stories from people. Some people who said that they got the IUD removed and it took quite a long time for their body to get into a rhythm of menstruating. And other people have said that they always had irregular regular they had an IUD, and then as soon as it came out, their periods were like clockwork. I'm really hoping it's that ladder where I get the clockwork experience. Uh, so far, it's been pretty amazing. Two weeks from ovulation, I had my uh, had my period. So we will see a week from now um, what's happening. Um, and then I'll check in with you in the new year. Like what has been happening? I wasn't expecting to get my period as quickly as I did. It was only three weeks after having the IUD removed. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that works. Another question is, when will guys get contraceptive other than condoms are getting snipped? Oh, that is such a good question. And again, one that I answer earlier in this season, uh, it's the episode about, you know, why male birth control doesn't exist. There have been some studies talking about different types of hormonal birth control methods for uh, folks with penises, but really we're still in the trial phase. There's nothing really hormonal that's coming out there, uh, nothing that's widely available. I mean, I could go on and on about the fact that we live in a patriarchal and colonial society, and that might be why so many of our methods are placed on folks who have uteruses and ovaries to be in charge of birth control and contraception. Uh, but I will say that, you know, condoms or getting snipped, getting a vasectomy are a really great option. Levi and I were literally talking the other day, I cannot wait for the day for him to get a vasectomy. He can't wait for the day for him to get a vasectomy. Like, what a relief to have that. So... You know, those may be the only options that we have out there, but I think we need to normalize how they're actually pretty great options, right? They're really safe. They're easy to get a hold of. Like, condoms are the things you can find free. Oh my gosh, like everywhere. Go to any sexual health clinic. Really, I'm sure most doctor's offices would have it for you, but any sexual health clinic, they hand it out. Next question that I got was Is it weird to actually kind of want your period? I felt kind of out of sync with my body while using the IUD. You know, I don't think that's weird at all about wanting to, you know, want your period. I think we get so caught up in, oh, I feel like bloated or I'm feeling moody or whichever else that's coming with our periods. But if we do experience our periods, for some of us, that can be a really beautiful experience. As someone who's just had one after many years, there was something, uh, there was something quite powerful about that, about knowing what was going on in my body. I will say though that this often gets conflated with what we perceive as normal or natural and you know you're not really in touch with your femininity if you aren't getting your period. First thing, there are lots of people who get periods who don't identify as women, right? And there are lots of women who don't get periods, so that's a really important thing. Having a period does not make you more or less of a a woman, a female identifying person. Uh, This is a completely different thing because now we're talking about gender versus our biological functions. I will say though that if having your period is something that is important to you, then absolutely, yeah, there's nothing weird about wanting to keep track of that. Um, And like with cycle awareness, that can be something that is really empowering for some people. I did a great episode in season one talking to Crystal Kennings all about cycle awareness, and I cannot recommend her stuff enough on YouTube. Just shares wonderful stuff as a menstrual wellness educator. I have learned a great deal about that. I do want to talk about this more when we launch season three, kind of about how we demonize hormonal methods of contraception as not being natural, as impacting our bodies in some way. And we're getting in the way of of nature's plan. Um, I think there's some pretty dangerous rhetoric in there uh, because, you know, who who is telling us this? You know, what, what is natural about getting a period? And if we know that there are many ways to stop that, especially if someone has really painful periods or endometriosis, are you going to tell them that it's meant for them to experience that pain instead of finding ways to manage that? I think there's a lot of complex things going in there, uh, and a really dear friend of mine, Alita, posted something really beautiful on Facebook talking about how we police women's bodies and people who have uteruses and ovaries. Um, I'm going to share what she says in the episode description because I cannot do justice to her level of thought and intensity and beautiful language, so I'm just going to have that uh, linked in the episode description. Somebody else said that they got pregnant the same month after having their IUD removed and others have been trying for two years or more. Uh, So we will see. Uh, In terms of pregnancy, that is a very personal thing that, you know, if someone does want to uh, have children by, you know, getting pregnant, we don't know how that's going to react. We don't know how your body's going to react, how, depending on the sperm that you have access to, are they going to be compatible with each other? I'm hoping I'm not in that camp of getting pregnant immediately. However, as you saw from the oopsie video, we came close. Um, We will see, I'll keep checking in with you about how we're doing. And as we get more onto that cycle of trying to get pregnant, uh, we'll see how that works. Because I feel like this is something that is not talked about openly enough and really, really needs to be. Another question uh, was generally, how is my body reacting to the change? I will say a few things have happened which has been really interesting. The first thing I'll say is that my skin has cleared up. Uh, as I mentioned before, I've been using a described face cream that has hydrogen peroxide in it, which was a result of a hormonal imbalance from having the IUD. Uh, but now that I, since I've had it taken out, I've stopped using that cream, my skin feels pretty great. I will say I've been very lucky most of my life to have pretty clear skin, uh, but have definitely battled with uh, cystic acne, kind of painful, deeper acne um, in my chin, lower part of my face for the last few years. Uh, But so it has been very nice and freeing to have have clear skin. I'll also say in terms of energy, not that my energy has shifted. I think I've just become more aware of how it changes from day to day. I think a part of that is using the Read Your Body app, you know, me checking in with myself on how I'm doing, Uh, but there definitely has been a shift, and I wonder if that has to do with hormones, with being in those cycles of ovulating, of, you know, premenstrual, menstruating, so I'm feeling great, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how it continues to go from here. Somebody else is asking, how do you feel about having no period or a really shortened period? Uh, For me, that personally is really scary and is a major reason why I never opted for an IUD. It seems like such an important natural process to be hindering. As I said before, um, I think there's a lot of conversations around what is natural and what is unnatural. And what I want to say about using forms of hormonal IUDs, using different types of contraceptive methods that maybe impact uh, having no period or really shortened period, For some people, that can be life-changing, like that can absolutely impact the quality of their life in lots of different ways. For me, over the last 11 years, not having a period uh, has been kind of amazing. Uh, My body was still ovulating when you're on a hormonal IUD, still ovulating, but you're not getting uh, that thick uterine lining that's building up, um, and so I wasn't getting a period. Honestly, it was kind of amazing I would feel like some hormonal shifts maybe in like my mood or things like that but otherwise it was very empowering to not have it to not have to worry about it um, but now that I have it out I'm really enjoying having it again so I'm I'm, maybe I'm feeling a bit of both right now uh, I want to say that there are that there are definitely side effects that come with any type of contraception method that people decide to have however there are no adverse things that say that it is impacting our fertility and other things. If we decide to use contraceptive methods for a longer period of time, these contraceptive methods that we have available right now have been tested and regulated so, so heavily that we know that for most people, they are very safe. But of course, that has to be a conversation that you have with a healthcare provider and figuring out what is best for you and your body. The other question that I have is how long do IUDs last? some of them can last up to seven or ten years the marina iud that i had the typical use it is good for five years but can be left in for up to seven years there are other shorter term ones uh, like Kylina and things like that that are good for three years so it really depends which one you have access to and then talking to your healthcare provider about if you decide to do extended use so using it for a bit longer than the suggested time you know what would be the pros and cons of that it's really going to depend based on which one in terms of like the brand that you have access to uh, and the what's going to happen to your body. The last question that I have is how painful is it when they come out? Mine was extremely difficult to get put in and I'm absolutely dreading the day I have to get it switched. So I will say having the IUD removed was less painful than having it inserted. I wonder if a part of that is when it is inserted, your body is literally getting used to the fact that there is a foreign object inside of it. That's a part of how it works as a contraceptive method. You know, our our uterus is sending a message to our brain being like, hey, like there's something in here. So this is not a like ideal place for a baby to start growing. This is not a great place for it right now. So i can imagine with insertion at least for myself that it was definitely a bit more painful because my body was getting used to having this new thing inside of it Uh, the removal while not great was definitely not as painful as getting it put in Uh, some people will recommend a cervical softener depending on which clinic you have access to other times you can take an ibuprofen or some sort of pain medication and that can really help if you take that before going into that appointment also being really open with your doctor or healthcare provider about being like, you know, I'm, I'm really nervous about this. I'm worried about the pain. You know, having someone who can hold your hand during the procedure, someone who can help you breathe while you're going through it. Those sorts of mindfulness things can also really help with that experience. I know for me, breathing, having the nurse in the room who was kind of talking to me throughout that really helped with that experience. If you can, uh, either having a nurse or having a friend, someone, a partner come in with you and hold your hand during that process, hopefully that'll help. Thank you so much for sending in your questions on the Instagram post. It, it received like something like 80 comments on it. So clearly this is a topic that a lot of people want to talk about and why we are launching season three with an update on how I'm doing, how cycle awareness, fertility awareness method is going and getting to the questions that I didn't get to answer today. We're going to be talking about all things contraception, in particular IUDs, looking at hormonal versus non-hormonal methods and doing some myth busting about IUDs in general. This is the last episode of season two, and I am so grateful to all the wonderful guests who have been on the show this season and to you listeners for sending in your questions and making this whole thing worthwhile. We'll be back in the new year with season three of The Love Doctor, and I already have a ton of brilliant guests lined up for us to learn from together. If you have a suggestion for someone to have on the show, send me an email to thelovedoctorpodcast at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at doctor.lea.tidy. In the meantime, while we take a break from the podcast, you can check me out on Instagram or Twitter, and if you like what you're hearing, hey, leave a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what you thought of this episode. Until then, folks, stay healthy, stay safe, stay consensual.